Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here for episode number 66 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here. And if you're new to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for letting me be in your earballs. I do appreciate it. And if you're a returning listener, thanks so much. It's always great to have you guys on board. If you listen via iTunes, I would really appreciate if you leave a review. Five stars is always the best, of course, and share with friends. And if you listen via Stitcher, Podbean or Spotify. Thanks so much for doing that. I'm a Stitcher listener myself, just to let you know. Um, You can also get involved with the podcast via socials. We are on Instagram and Facebook at MTB Tribe. You can also go directly to the website mtb-tribe.com and listen and stream and save the episode straight from there. You can also get in contact with me there. Just fill in the contact form and pop me off an email. And I do read all the emails and I will get back to you. It's just about keeping this flowing, keeping the people listening and getting more people involved in the podcast. I really do love and appreciate hearing from you guys what you think on the podcast. So thanks so much about that. Now, on today's episode, we are chatting to James Savage. And James is the director of Savage Wilderness. He's a keen mountain biker and a keen promoter of Kenyan mountain biking. So it was great to get James on the show. And um, as you guys who follow the show, you will know I have had a number of guests on the podcast from Kenya, East Africa, about what is happening over there regarding the expansion of mountain biking, including tours, races, skills, courses, etc, etc. The list goes on. So it was great to get James on and tell us more about how he, with the help of friends, of course, is helping mountain biking grow and expand in and around his local area of Kenya. Now, James is the director, as I said, of Savage Wilderness, an adventure and tour company, which now offers mountain biking as one of its packages. This has mainly grown from a passion James has for mountain biking himself. And after a chance run-in with Simon Blake, who was on the podcast previously, um, the two guys put their heads together to organise not only cross-country rides... Sometimes these are lasting for a week, you know, (laughs) but enduro races as well. Because of people like James and Simon, the enduro and mountain biking scene in Kenya is really gaining popularity out there. With more interest from visiting racers, uh, locals alike, the scene is looking very healthy for the future. So we chat to James about how his adventure company is helping mountain biking what his local trails are like, why there are such problems with getting good bikes in Kenya and how things are growing and expanding and what he has planned for the near future regarding mountain biking plus much, much more. So folks, let's get into it and let's welcome James to the MTB Tribe Podcast. James, welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. It's good to have you on the, well, laptop. Are you on a laptop or are you on a phone? I'm on a laptop. <laughs> cool. Well, you're on a laptop in Kenya, which is pretty cool. Yep, yep. Sure. Uh, what part of Kenya are you in there, James? 
Uh, currently, I'm in Nairobi, but I spend a lot of my time in central Kenya, around Mount Kenya. Um, yeah, so at the, at the moment, I'm in the capital in Nairobi. All right, cool. And it's great to have you on because um, if the listeners have been listening to previous episodes, they'll know that I have done like a wee series on Kenya and I've I've had three or four um episodes from kenya so it's pretty cool for you to come on and keep that that going because um it's great to know what you guys are getting up to over there oh yeah thank you very much yeah it's it's good to be here and uh, chatting to you and it's uh, it's good to be sort of like involved in the kenyan scene and uh, moving it forward yeah cool and um it was simon blake who i had on the podcast i think it was episode 20 yeah episode 20 and simon's yeah. He's the sports director for African MTB and Cycling Development. Um, and it was Simon that put, got us uh, in contact with each other. Um, so how do you know Simon then, James? So I met Simon probably about five years ago, uh, just in passing. He actually came past uh, my center in central Kenya to buy a kayak because he wanted to get up uh, into western Kenya and do some kayaking. And we just got talking about what he was doing and a bit of mountain biking. And then that was it for about uh, probably the next sort of four years. And it was only in the last sort of year and a half that I've sort of touched base with Simon. He's been starting the Enduro series here in Kenya. Um, and, yes, yeah, so I just, just started going to those events, chatting to him, and yeah, just got involved. Um, I've been a keen cyclist, mountain biker for, for a while now. Um and yeah, just chatting to Simon. Without Simon, uh, not much would be happening in Kenya, I don't think. I mean, people would be doing stuff, but it wouldn't be sort of like trying to take it forward to where it should be. Yeah, it's very true. He, he's definitely heading up uh, a charge there in the right direction by, by the uh, by the looks of things anyway. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and we'll, we'll touch on that a wee bit later. Um, I want to know a wee bit more about yourself and what you're doing out there, James, if you don't mind. Um, now, you're with a company there called SavageWilderness.org. Um, do you own that company, James? Or uh, Well, I'm, I'm a director in the company. My father started the company 30 years ago. Wow. Um, and, yeah, I, my mum was born, so just go back a step, my mum was born in Kenya. Um, my dad's lived in Kenya since 1953. Uh, I wasn't born here, but I've lived here my whole entire life. And uh, I grew up here, and yeah, back back in 1990, my dad started Savage Wilderness, and uh, uh, we started as a rafting and mountaineering firm. And uh, I was a wee little kid at that back then and I just grew up doing it and just loved being out on adventures with my dad and going on the river and going up the mountain uh, so I went to the UK did a degree in outdoor education at John Moores in Liverpool and then from there came back here and started working with my dad 18 years ago and uh, have developed it from there and started mountain biking and whitewater kayaking and all sorts of other bits and pieces yeah so um are you is the company so it's an it's an adventure and kind of tour company would that be right in saying that james that is right yeah it's, we, we, we class ourselves sort of like the adventure specialists in sort of in kenya uh okay. we do a lot of anything sort of adventurous outdoor activities outdoor education type type thing is is, is what we do yeah and is that based in nairobi 
No, it's that's based out in central Kenya, uh, oh. an area called Sagana. It's about an hour and a half north of Nairobi towards Mount Kenya. So it's, yeah, it's not far from the city center when we need to get in and do things. Um, but it's far enough out that you, you're in the sticks and you're in rural Kenya. Uh, and it's mm-hmm. nice to be out of the hustle and bustle of the city. Yeah, no, certainly. And um, I've been on your website and looking at it and stuff, and it, it does look amazing. Um, the the adventure thing does look looks awesome in Kenya, um, definitely from what I've looked at and previously. Um, but let's chat a wee bit about you, James, and mountain biking. So, how did you get into the road and the mountain bike side of things? Um, oh God! So a friend of mine from Canada came out on a trip to Kenya, and he came with a mountain bike, and I took him up Mount Kenya, and he just. Uh, decided well he took his mountain bike up there so he could ride off um what took him four hours took me a day and a half to walk off and i thought what (laughs) what am i doing walking off the mountain and so i bought the bike off him when he left um he was quite a lot uh, smaller than me so i was riding for a number of years a really a bike that was far too small for me um but (laughs) i was hobson's choice really um and yeah so i just started mountain biking and doing a few bits and pieces and exploring and when I had the chance I'm either on the river when we've got good water kayaking or when it's not uh, when it's raining and uh, so yeah when it's raining I'm on the river kayaking because we've got good water but when it's dry and hot and there's no water in the rivers I'm on my mountain bike or my gravel bike uh, exploring trails and uh, going forward and so I just I just really got into mountain biking and really really enjoyed it um, and on the road side or the gravel side of things, about a year, no, two years ago, uh, I was just planning an adventure. I wanted to do a big adventure, and I just decided that I wanted to ride from Nairobi to Cape Town. So uh, I got a group together, and we rode. Uh, we started a uh, oh, I started a sort of a sub company to Savage Wilderness called African Spokes, um, and we we put this trip together. We rode from Nairobi to Cape town, 6,500 kilometers over wow. uh, 55 days of riding a couple of rest days. So yeah, it was a, it was great. And, and from there, my love has just developed even more. And I, yeah, I just, I want to be on a bike the whole time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, and was there anybody else doing it around your area at that time when you get into it? So, yeah, there was a couple of people who were sort of uh, riding in Kenya. There's um, a guy called Nick Miller from Rift Valley Adventures, and he, he's been doing uh, quite a bit of mountain biking in and around Nanyuki and Mount Kenya for a while, um, but I'd never ridden with him. And then there was there were, there's some – when I look into it now and look back on it, there's actually quite a few uh, Kenyans uh, who sort of like started groups and they were riding around – um, which I've recently sort of become members of their sort of their cycling groups, mm-hmm. uh, and they're doing quite a lot of stuff. But when I was sort of exploring and uh, yeah, just just having fun or, or learning, um, I didn't really know of anyone else who was riding, um, and then bumped into Simon, and actually discovered that the scene in Kenya is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, and I suppose. It's so big that you guys would very rarely bump into each other, you know, if you're out for a cycle. It, that is, yeah, it's true. Although now um, there's been some good bike shops 
a good bike shops uh, uh, started up in Nairobi. And so every day I do go out riding. It's it's amazing the number of people I, I pass. And uh, funnily enough, you know, you get on, you get yourself onto Strava as well, and you'd be like, oh, good heavens, I didn't realize that was a segment. And who's done that? And you just start looking around. And the, digger you, the, the further you dig, um, the more you actually realize what's actually going on here. It's, 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 it's astounding. Yeah, pretty cool. And uh, I definitely want to touch on that. Now, you're doing something pretty cool with Simon on Wednesday. Is that true? Yes, uh, we are. Um, we're, we're doing a, a trip, uh, a gravel gravel trip for Rafa travel. Uh, we're cycling uh, from Nairobi uh, into the Rift Valley up to I-10, where Simon has his um, Kenyan riders camp, or the home of well, the home of champions as well as where all the long distance runners go train and where the famous long-distance runners come from. And then from there, we're going over to the Masai Mara um, with a, finishing in a, a nice luxury lodge there. So, yeah, that's, that's going to be a great trip. I'm really looking forward to it. How long is that going to take, do you think? It's seven days of riding. Um, some of the days are quite... There's one day, I think we've got on 2,600 metres of altitude to climb, and it's 205 kilometers so that'll, that'll be a tough day but the, some of the days are quite short uh, just so that people so the clients can take in the scenes and uh, we're going to visit the flamingos the hot springs around bagoria and um, yeah so it's seven days of riding and i think i think off the top of my head it's 800 and something kilometers to cover wow that's tough going and is, are you taking clients so is that what it's all about is there people wanting to do it Yes, we're, t- we're taking climate clients. This is uh, the sort of the first uh, pure Kenyan trip uh, that we've done. So, yes, yeah, Simon and I decided to, to, to work together on this, and we're using this as um, a stepping stone to, to, to take the cycling in Kenya further. Wow, that's pretty amazing. And how many clients do you have going? There are six six on this trip so not not big it's just going to be uh bespoke basically yeah no but six is still it's still a good number for that especially that amount of miles yeah uh, yeah you're you're right um i i done when i did uh cycling when we did the trip to cape town there were one of the legs we had about 18 people on it and uh yeah it was a bit like herding cats at times <laughs> well even if you just think of punctures and malfunctions and things like that you know it would be like if you have 18 people you'll never be done you know you'll be start starting and stopping and stopping and starting and getting on and <laughs> yes it is true thank goodness for tubeless tires <laughs> classic uh very good so what kind of terrain will you be covering in that trip then uh so it's a mixture of uh tarmac and uh kenyan gravel roads which I know when we're on it at times, we're going to wish we had uh, um, front suspension, hardtail mountain bikes. Um, but, you know, Kenyan gravel is it's raining here at the minute. Uh, we're, we've been waiting for the rain. So the roads uh, won't be in the best of conditions because the graders won't have gone over them. They generally go a couple of weeks after the rains. Mm-hmm. Um, so road, road conditions are going to be bumpy and rocky in places, but it'd be interspersed with some good tarmac, quiet tarmac roads. But uh, as we're, we're climbing up into the Rift Valley and then we, well, we're climbing up onto the escarpment and then dropping down into the Rift Valley and then climb up the other side 
and then we drop down again and climb up. So it's, it's going to be hilly. There's going to be some altitude to gain, um, some big distances to cover. But uh, it's, not, it's, not, uh, it's not going to be Simon's passion, which is the Enduros, um, which I'm definitely getting into as well. Uh, we'll have to wait, wait for those. Yeah, certainly, and he's doing a great job on that front. Um, so, when you're when you're doing this trip with Simon, have you got accommodation sorted, or are you taking no, stuff? No, this one is uh, no, this one's accommodation is sorted. It's all booked and paid for and set up. Uh, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that upon clients that we get to a place and well, where should we stay? Let's go and see. Um, <laughs> when you're out with your mates and on an adventure, that's perfectly fine. But uh, um, not when you've got uh, paying clients with you. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. So let's chat a wee bit about Savage Wilderness then. Um, and your father started it. What what made him want to start that, James? <laughs> right. So my dad was a pilot, uh, a bush pilot, and he used to fly as um, vets to remote parts of Kenya uh, to to take care of the, the cattle on on the ranches and that kind of stuff, and. Uh, when he was uh, flying, he would always fly over sort of like the big rivers in Kenya. Mm. And one one day, some of the clients said, "Can we uh, can we do a game flight as we leave uh, Savo National Park, which is uh, uh, the Athi River flows through?" And so it was the dry season, but it had been raining up in Nairobi, so the river was quite high. And he flew up the river, and he was flying quite low because the lower you fly, the more game you can see. And as he was flying up the river, he noticed that there's some some rapids in there. It looks looks good, like good white water. And that evening, when he got back to Nairobi, he happened to watch a documentary of rafting on the Grand Canyon. And then it was just like a uh, a pin dropped, um, and he was like, "Whoa, hang on a second, rafting Grand Canyon." I've just flown over a river that's got some amazing white water on it. Um, we can do that here in Kenya. And so he bought himself some rafts. And this is back in the late 80s. Bought himself some rafts and made some, or my mum made some homemade buoyancy aids. They wore climbing helmets and uh, off they set off down the uh, first ascent of the Athi River. And the river was in full flood when he did it when he did it and to this day he doesn't know why he's alive and he wouldn't go anywhere near the river in that sort of condition again um but yeah he loved it and uh that's how we started uh rafting in kenya and and from there he brought out people from the uk and from the states and from europe to who the experts to train him up and he went back and did some courses and guide school and that kind of stuff and and then and from there savage wilderness was born um and it wasn't really until I got back from university in early 2000 time that um, I sort of like sort of we, we I pushed it to develop more than just rafting. We we pushed went into the mountaineering. I mean, we always had a little bit of background in mountaineering because my dad was a climber and always went up onto the mountain. But we we started doing more mountaineering, Mount Kenya commercial trips. We started. Uh, doing kayak schools, um, stand-up paddleboarding, open boating, canoeing, uh, rock climbing, and mountain biking, which has been the newest thing. I mean, we always wanted to do mountain biking, but to to get uh, get the bikes in Kenya uh, and to maintain them, it's not cheap and it's not easy. 
Um, and we have reached a point now where actually I can justify it because it's I love it and uh, we've, we've found some awesome trail and some awesome places to ride. Uh, it, it's silly not to, to sell it to, to clients and uh, do something and share something that you love with other people. Yeah, especially when it's getting quite popular there, um, you know, and, yeah. and Simon's doing the Enduros and everything else. But, you know, it, it's a sin that one of your biggest hurdles is the equipment and the bikes, you know what I mean? And I, I couldn't believe that when Simon first told me that, that getting proper bikes was real, really expensive and really difficult. And, you know, when you're starting an adventure school or something over here, that's one thing you would never even think about. Yeah, you and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it is very difficult. I mean, once a bike lands in Kenya, uh, once you've paid all your importation, your duty of VAT, I mean, you you you're you're definitely putting seventy, eighty percent of the price of what you bought the bike on top. So if you buy a bike for a thousand pounds in the UK, which is almost sort of a, a bog standard. Well, not it's a bit more than that, but it's a, mm-hmm. a good entry level mountain bike. Um, you, you 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 land here in Kenya, and it's cost you eighteen hundred to two thousand pounds. And then, I mean, once it's been used a couple of months, it needs a good service. And trying to find the good people who know how to service a, a fleet of bikes. Luckily, I met Simon again. He's his uh, his race mechanic comes along and does that all does it all for me, and he's fantastic. So. Um, and then spares, I mean, you can't, you can't buy, well, there's a shop now in Kenya where it, I've, that's, uh, Simon introduced to me about six weeks ago, but before that, trying to get any sort of spares in this country was a nightmare. I mean, you'd order it online, chain reaction or something, and six weeks later, it, it'd arrive in Kenya at three times the price you paid for it. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it, it 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 is challenging and it is challenging, and so you you kind of keep your fleet of bikes going for a bit longer than you would do in Europe or in the States, where you you can sort of like trade them in or sell them or retire them. Here you keep them going for for that little bit longer, which is not ideal, um, but needs must. Yeah, and the extra costs you have to pay is that just like an import tax that's on the stuff? Yeah, yeah, it is import tax uh yeah so it's just an importation duty and vat and then they have other other things like there's a it's got to be inspected to make sure it meets kenyan standards and you've got to pay a percentage fee for that and then there's a railway development levy that you've got to pay a, a fee for that which is the value of the goods they unfortunately in Kenya they don't make it easy for you to import anything and 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 do business. Um, it's all about getting as much money out of you pretty early, and which which makes it hard to do business, but it also makes it expensive to do business here, um, which is which is one of the negatives for sure. But there are so many more positives that you, you don't really think about that at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, talking about costs and stuff like that, when you were growing Savage Wilderness, um, how quickly did the business go? Like, how many staff do you have there now? Good heavens. Um, so I have, on my books, we've got about 50 staff, of which... Really? Yeah, 50? Which, yeah, 50 staff, of which um, 
22 of them are instructors. And I've invested a lot of money into my instructors um, because they're, they're, they're good guys. They're good instructors. Um, I've put them through a lot of uh, British canoeing qualifications. I've recently started putting them through British cycling qualifications as well. Um, international raft guide, the IRF qualifications. So I, I bring people out from the UK or from Europe or even from the States to Kenya to run the run the courses and then put the guys through assessments and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's good. Uh, it's good for them. It's good for us. It's good for business. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So what, what kind of clients do you get there coming to, um, your adventure business yeah. there? So we've got, um, we do a lot of the uh, residential school, school trips, Kenyan, uh, international schools they come to come to us for two three four five days sort of a residential outdoor education uh type uh center uh we get a lot of kenyan corporates coming through uh so they come on their team building or as it's coming up to christmas now sort of christmas parties they'll come do a day's rafting or multi-activity sports with us uh we also we do a lot of adventure training with the british army uh, which is quite quite a big client to, client of ours. Uh, we do so your your weekends um, international local tourists of the, that want to get out of Nairobi uh, for for the weekend or during public holiday or, or school holidays. Uh, that's, that's quite big for us. And then we also get to international school groups. So mainly school groups coming out from the UK. We've had a couple from Ireland. Uh, they, they just come out um, sort of sort of on a one a two week or a three week expedition to to Kenya. Wow, that would be nice. My school never offered that when I was there. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's definitely growing business, I and mean, I'm I'm it's surprised how many schools from the UK actually go away every uh, every year internationally on a, on an expedition. Companies like World Challenge and uh, the school's travel consultancy they uh, they take a number of people away and it's great for the kids though i mean what a, what an amazing way to go and see the world uh when you're at school on an expedition wow. to a third world country or yeah mm, definitely and is it a year-round business for you james yes it is yeah we we are we're lucky we don't actually we we get we get some off seasons where it quietens down but throughout the year we're busy we're busy. It's uh, we got some some months that are absolutely hectic. December being one of them, but um, January will be a quiet month because everyone spent their money over Christmas holidays, and it's back to school. But um, yeah, no, it's year-round business, and it keeps us busy, keeps us honest. Yeah, cool, man. And what kind of facilities and stuff do you have there? Uh, so at our camp, we've got twenty-one cottages, uh, single, double cottages when we get super busy we'll we we turn those into triples and uh quadruples uh we have two small plunge pools swimming pools we've got 800 meters of river frontage uh and just sort of kitchen dining room areas little uh run we call them rondavels or little banders next to the river where people can go and have picnics or have a a barbecue if they're on the self-catering and they're just there to camp um and then yeah just all our our stores and equipment rafts and stand-up paddle boards kayaks mountain bikes yeah that's that's what we've got up there at the camp 
Wow, beautiful. And I'm sure the area is absolutely beautiful there. It is, yeah. It's definitely, definitely, yes. It is It is beautiful. It's rural Kenya, so you're in the middle of, uh, uh, there's there's quite a heavy population in the area, um, and it's people farming. There's rice farming going on, farming maize and beans, a little bit of cattle, um, fruits, orchards. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is a beautiful part of the country. Not too far from the tea and the coffee estates as well. Oh, sounds lovely. <laughs> um, cool. So let's chat a wee bit then about what Savage Wilderness is doing as far as mountain biking goes. Um, so you started your mountain bike tours and guides quite recently. So when when did that all kick off then? So I've been doing a few low-key sort of mountain bike cross-country type trips for the last sort of two, three years. Um, that's sort of expeditions. With we've always had a fleet of bikes up at our camp at Sagana, uh, where we'd do sort of half day riding around the around the sort of hills on the other side of the river. Um, but more recently, as I started to as I met Simon and started to go for these enduro events, then I started to realise actually there's a lot more to to biking than cycling on a, a gravel road around some hills and occasionally doing a little bit of single track here and there. Um, that I invited Simon, well, Simon had been coming to the camp to kayaks. I said, Simon, come, let's go and explore what we've got happening at Sagana. So Simon and I have explored the trails on the other side of the river and uh, we found some absolutely cracking trails. I mean, it's quite hard to get up to the top of some of the hills, but, um, and it's sort of, um it's very gravelly so it's like pea, pea dirt sort of small mm. ball bearings sand uh murram type uh trail so it's quite slippery under um under wheel but uh yeah it's just all good so yeah simon just came up we, we found these trails and from there we just said we can run an enduro event here so we, we actually ran one two weekends ago up at the camp the first one is as a trial which was very successful people loved it uh, which is again just said I I'm thinking of building some trail in the hills on the other side of the river so we, there's a lot more variety and it's some switchbacks it'll be easier to get up into the hills instead of some of some of the the, the slogs to get up on top. Mm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so so that's how that's sort of how it's developed um, and now it's a case of uh, with Simon and discussing with Simon African spokes is we I want to. Uh, I want to get four or five awesome trips together in Kenya, some purely focusing on enduro and enduro events where it's not an event, but people come and ride some of the enduro trails that Simon's found. Um, and we'll organize shuttles and some of it will be like helicopter shuttles. Some will be light aircraft shuttles. There's about four or five locations in and around Kenya that we've, uh, we've uh, identified that we want to run trips uh, one being up in i10 where simon's base is uh not far out of nairobi we've got kibjabi then in the foothills of mount kenyan and around sagana area then simon was a guy called peter halsey they were down in the tighter hills about three weeks ago and they said that riding down there is amazing and then also look at some riding in and around the masai mara area because it'd be great for people to come to kenya for a 10 12 day trip ride in four or five different locations and finish off with a wildlife safari and my idea with the wildlife safari as well is that uh, 
potentially get some e-bikes and do game drives or game rides on e-bikes and be on an e-bike so you've got a little bit of speed to to, to, to get away of some of the get away some of the wildlife if required. <laughs> it's sort of in progress and uh, work, but I think it I think it'll be very popular and it'll be pretty uh, it'll be popular and I think it'll be a fantastic trip. Yeah, it definitely sounds amazing. And it's funny because when I had Simon first on, well, actually, I had Becky Summers on the podcast um, initially, and I think Becky is she works for Mount Kenya Trust. Yes. Um, and we were chatting about the ten to four MTB right. challenge, yeah. Um, and then she got me in touch with Simon and stuff. And yeah, like you guys between Simon and we Adam and stuff, Adam Davis out in Kajabi yeah. and stuff there. Um, yes, I've been doing a lot on Will. I know Will Clark, who's been on the um, yeah, podcast. He's he's in Uganda, isn't he? Right. Yeah. Um, so you guys are doing a lot. Is are you getting interest in from the outside, or are you you know building it and hoping that people come? What, what's your kind of thinking behind it? Um. No, there is some interest from the outside. We have have people inquiring, uh, wanting to do things. But mountain biking has, uh, and what I think will happen with gravel biking as well over the next couple of years is it's it's really really taking off. Um, people are, yeah, people, you know, sort of standard sort of sort of traditional holiday is still around but i think people when they go away they want to do something a little bit more more adventurous more exciting um maybe finish off with a little bit of beach time at the end type thing but the idea behind all of this is to sort of like build it and then market it and hope hopefully it will it will sell and i think Mm. i think from from looking at what other people have done and and where it's gone i think there's definitely potential and i think if if you just if you build the right product, and I think I've got between myself and Simon and, and also talking like with Will Clark, that uh, we've got enough experience uh, and know Africa well enough and what what works, what doesn't work, and and what people are looking for, um, that you can actually tailor something to to everybody's needs, um, and 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 I, I don't see why it wouldn't be successful in. Um, yeah, I think I think that's that's where we're at, and and even at the end of the day, if it's if it's not that successful and stuff, we're gonna have a hell of a lot of fun exploring and, and doing it. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can build the trails for yourselves anyway. Exactly, I think. I mean, for myself personally, I mean, I like to I like to go and ride and go into new areas. So if I can have any excuse to go off and explore. Ooh, we might have a trip that happens here. Let me go off and explore. I can justify it to myself instead of uh, having to do my mundane office work. Uh, well, it has to be done. But I can do that in the evenings around the campfire with a mobile network. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a win-win. Yeah, cool. And, you know, there's no reason why it can't be successful in Kenya, East Africa. You know, it's it's massive in South Africa. Oh, huge. Yeah, my, actually, that, that's... that's uh, the other, I totally forgot to mention this, but the other reason I really got into mountain biking is I went when I, I went to South Africa on a, on a holiday, and I I met my now wife when I was down there, and she was really big into her mountain biking, and um, 
I then went when I was trying to court her. I uh, she invited me to go on a, a mountain biking event down there called Bergen Bush, and uh, I went down there and rode Bergen Bush with her, and that's the first first time. And this was back in 2012, and this is the first time that I had actually ridden proper single trail for long sort of long distances beforehand i'd ride you'd ride single trail single track and it would be sort of um a couple hundred meters maybe one or two kilometers at the most when i was down there we were riding six seven eight nine kilometers even longer the single track and so uh, that that really got me thinking i was like wow this is absolutely amazing why aren't i doing this in kenya mm-hmm. yeah and i know would it be fair in saying that south africa there's a wee bit more money down there and things like that. Yeah, yes, definitely. There's definitely uh, a bigger sort of middle class and there's mm. definitely more people who can afford bikes. And who, I, It's funny, I, I always also talk about it. If people have got an expendable income, they've also got an expendable time. Um, so when you've got expendable time, you can go off and spend your expendable income on the mountain biking and holidays and this, that, and the other. And in Kenya, the middle class is definitely growing, but people don't yet have much expendable income and they don't have much expendable time. I mean, for for people to justify paying as much for a mountain bike as they would for a car is, is definitely a very foreign thing in this country. Mm. But, you know, it's... It's it's coming and, and you do see a lot. I I do see a lot of Kenyans nowadays and they are on really nice. They are on really nice bikes and uh, so so yeah, it's uh, it's growing and it's developing. But there's still people with not a huge amount of money around at the minute. Yeah, and you know that, that's another thing that we could chat chat about here. Do you feel that the local guys are getting involved in the scene there? Yes, definitely. Definitely. My uh, my marketing and sales uh, guy in my office, um, he bought a, a, a mountain bike off me the other day, and he, he can't get enough riding. And today he was actually asking me, when am I next doing uh, the next British cycling course? He wants to be on it. And when Simon next running a skills event, he wants to be there. Um, he, he he can't get enough of mountain biking. His, he tells me he, all his friends they want to to uh, to mountain bike. But they just can't afford a bike. I mean, I I've I've done this sort of a higher purchase with uh, my guy. He he's got the bike and he pays me the equivalent of thirty quid a month for the next three years or for, for the bike. Um, so he he's lucky enough to get a, a foothold and get get a good bike uh, to ride. But there are loads of people out there that just want to ride and and given the opportunity, they they will ride. And they're very good as well. Mm. And that's good to hear because unless the local guys are doing it and promoting it and really keen to get out and, and, you know, get involved, I think it's hard to really get anything going or start it properly. Yeah, no, that's very true. It's very true. You need, you need to have your, uh, you need to have local interest. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, 
Yeah, it's really it's 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 really really good to see. And you go into uh, Karua Forest on a on a weekend, which is the sort of the Nairobi Green Belt, and there's some bike mountain bike tracks in there, and there are Kenyans in there every weekend. They rent a bike and they go off and they ride it. And there's it's definitely definitely growing, and it's it's really good to see. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I can remember. A video Simon posted up on, I think it was maybe Instagram, and it was of a pump track that um, he had made, the guys had made, and there was a kid there on an old BMX, I think, and he was jumping over other people and stuff. Yeah. That young fella was ripping. I know, amazing, a 12-year-old. It was it was fantastic. I, I happened to, when Simon did his uh, I-10 Enduro, uh, he had the pump track, and the the kid was uh, there and showing off his skills. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely amazing. And you know, you, you got kids like that, just given the smallest opportunity, and they're they're absolutely ripping it, and they're fearless, and just the amount of talent that there is in in Africa, let alone Kenya, uh, with kids given being given an opportunity, it's just, it's um, it's just, it's outstanding. Yeah, and you know, if you have young guys coming up through the ranks that are really good and get the opportunity and get on a, a half decent bike, you know that that makes it all that more interesting as well. It definitely does. It really does, and that's what's great to see with what Simon's doing with his uh, Kenyan riders and the youth development. It's uh, yeah, there's it's really good to see. And uh, he's talking about next year he's going to do a lot more of the youth development side of things. Now I'll be very interested to see what talent he sees and he discovers as, as he does it. Mm. Yeah. And like, he's, he's always doing something, you know, um, if it's not building pump tracks, it's out looking for trails for enduro tracks. And, um, he was on, he was in a plane the other day looking for enduro trails. I've seen that as well. Was that involved with yourself or what was that? Sorry. He was in a plane. I seen him in a plane on. Yes. Um, was that with that, yourself? Or? No, it wasn't with myself. But that was for uh, ten to four. So this year at the ten to four mountain bike event, they're they're going to have their second enduro event, and uh, Simon was out exploring trails and uh, advising them on that to, to make the enduro event uh, amazing. Yeah! Wow, that that was cool, man. And you know. Like, what do you need there? What What do you require to make things better? Because you guys are out there, you're doing all this yourselves. You know, it's very different to the likes of Ireland and Northern Ireland, where I'm from, where the majority of the trails are all trail centres. So they're they're built by the councils. Yeah. You know, you guys are doing it yourself. Do you get any outside help at all and any of that stuff? Yes. Yeah, you, know, you get people coming through, so like friends of Simon's, or if I bring in someone from the UK to um, uh, run a course, we'll, we'll we'll get advice and and that kind of stuff. But apart from that, uh, no, it's completely left up up to us and our own devices. Mm-hmm. And you don't, so you won't get any kind of financial help via local government or anything like that to help you kind of promote this and get more holidaymakers in or more people involved in it which is effectively a healthy healthy pastime it is i think there's not enough how do i put this it's it is no you're not you're not really ever going to get any help from from the local government at this stage in the near future 
when I say near future, five, ten years down the line, there is a possibility that some of the local governments will will step up and they will see the advantage and they will be keen to help. Um, like you, over in where Simon's base camp is in I-10, they have um, his his local government in that area. He's been talking to them about building some trail in some of the forests and they are very keen to promote tourism in that area and bring people in. And they've seen what Simon's been doing and they've seen, seen the interest. But, for example, where I am based, um, they see the river sports as more uh, more of a tourism draw. So they there they want to, to build a slalom whitewater course and, and that kind of thing. But it's it's never going to happen fast and it's never – it's never going to be at the standards it would be in the UK or uh, in Europe. Uh, And if it is built, it will be probably about five or six times the cost of what it should be because money might would probably disappear. Um, So I don't think, the government's quite ready to build uh, or invest in sort of like mountain biking uh, mm-hmm. in, in Kenya. Um, it's going to be left up to wealth. Well, it's going to be left up to people like my, Simon, myself, Peter or Will Clark in Uganda to, to, to get out into the hills and explore the footpaths and then just map them and ride them and and do a little bit of trail building just make things ride a little bit better but that's that will never be maintained so you're never going to have a a bike park as such with great flowing features and um jumps and uh, ladders and uh, sort of bridges it's all going to be um it's going to be sort of what the local people will walk up and over and around uh we will we will ride it Mm-hmm. For the yeah. time, one day, one day, I, it it could happen. Yeah, and do they have any trail centres or like anything like that in South Africa? Do you know? Yes, they do. They do. Yeah, they they they've got. Um, there's a uh, where my my girl, my wife used to ride a lot is uh, Gibba, uh, which is in uh, KwaZulu Natal, in just outside Durban in Hillcrest. There's a Gibba Park. Um, there's some some great trails there. Um, then I know there's somewhere in, in, in the Cape. Uh, so yeah, there, there are some, some bike parks, but again, they're not as, they're not as big and, and as amazing as what you get in, in the UK or in the Alps and in Europe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, the, I suppose the thing is then when you're running your enduros, you can ask for a wee bit of sponsorship from local businesses and stuff yeah. like that. Um, and I know that's been getting better for you as, as you've done more and more enduros. Yeah. Um, and it's also quite cool, I think, James, that you can run it off the back of your business as well. Um, you know, and it may help bring people stay in your lodgings and, and stuff like that. So it swings and roundabouts, there's maybe, you know, it's maybe good just guys are taking the charge at this time and doing the thing properly. Yes, definitely. And, and yeah, I'd be lying if I said it doesn't. I, I don't use my business to piggyback off it um, because I, I definitely do. But the bigger picture for me then is that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going out, I'm riding, I'm having fun, I'm exploring new areas, and then 
a year or two years down the line, there will be clients that will want to go <clears throat> and ride those areas and I will take them out and, uh, yeah, go have fun and, and make a little bit of money from it at the same time. Yeah, no, and I think I think you have to. You know, you can only do something for the love of it so far or so much and at the end of the day it doesn't put food on the table so, you know, other things will always take precedent over that. Definitely, yeah. So it's good that the likes of yourself and and Will and stuff, Will Clark, you just can do that and incorporate that into your your established business. So that really works. Yes, it it, it definitely does, and it, it, I I I like that model. Mm. Yeah, totally. So, what's your favorite trail at home then? Sorry, I missed that. What's your favorite trail you have there? You know, local to you. Um, good heavens. There's. <laughs> Do you name them? No, we haven't. I haven't got around to naming any of them yet. <laughs> but um, what's the? So, if somebody was coming there to your camp, what kind yeah. of level would they need to be to ride the trails there? Um, you. There's so there's all sorts of different uh, different tra- There's di- all sorts of different ability trails uh, there. So you could. You could definitely um, have a lot of fun being a sort of high-end advanced rider uh, really into their endurance. There's there's a lot of uh, loose technical, some rock rolls, um, a lot of variety, some very very steep steep stuff as well. And and people who are are new and into the sports, there's definitely – a lot, a lot to be had as well. Take uh, Tony, my sales guy, who did the enduro two weekends ago up at Sagana. He, I was speaking to him today. It's the first time I've actually met, ha, ha, been able to catch up with him, and he was like, he really, really enjoyed the event. It was, it was hardest thing he's ever ridden, um, but he was surprised at how well he could ride it and uh, and enjoyed it uh, on his hardtail. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, we we can cater at, at up at Sagana. We can cater to um, to everyone and anyone basically, uh, and not too far away. You've got the trails in Mount Kenya as well, and not far from Nairobi, where Adam uh, rides up in Kibjabi. There's all all those trails as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's 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 everything for everyone here. Yeah, it does seem pretty amazing. And chatting to Adam and Simon and stuff. Um, you do seem to just have a mixture of everything. You can just really do what you want, however you feel, you know, at that time. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> very, very good. Well, before I let you go, James, because I know you're, you're uh, short in time and stuff, have you anything planned for the near future of Savage Wilderness? Anything new coming your way? or? No, I mean, I think my my main focus will be next, will be next year will be on sort of the African spokes uh, arm of the Savage Wilderness where I'm going to be sort of putting up and selling some fantastic uh, gravel grinding trips around Africa. So uh, Kenya, I'm looking at Kenya, Namibia and South Africa uh, and Tanzania as well. I think a great one which I'm really looking forward to is going to be from the Serengeti and Gorongora uh, to Zanzibar and finishing Zanzibar and riding in Zanzibar and that's going to be on, on gravel or gravel um, mm-hmm. and then I'm also looking at um, 
yeah, with with Simon putting together some some enduro packages, and also uh, sort of cross country packages in Kenya. I think that's that's my main focus. This time last year, oh yeah, this time last year, I was really focusing on my ride from Nairobi to Cape Town. Uh, next year is, is going to be an e- definitely a lot a lot lot mellower, and I'm going to just concentrate uh, on uh, just some really nice bespoke four to ten day cycling packages uh, in Kenya, but also going out a little bit further afield into into the rest of Africa. Sounds unbelievable. Sounds very interesting indeed. And you're taking a passion there too, I suppose, and, and turning it into the wee side hustle for you. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That, that is cool. Very cool indeed. Um, the uh, the gravel adventures seem pretty grueling. I don't know if that's really up my, my side of that. Yeah, I, you know, well, when gravel bikes first came on the scene, a lot of people didn't think they'd uh, they'd last very long and it was just going to be like a, a, a sort of a little bit of a fad but they've become very popular and they're very capable bikes um, and there are a lot of people out there who like to to challenge themselves punish themselves and go on grueling 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 rides um, have you heard of a, a company called biking man no so there's a guy who does these events, um, and it's sort of like, what is it? Roughly just a thousand kilometers with about uh, seven to ten thousand meters of climbing, and you're to do it as fast as time possible. And people are doing those in sort of three three days. Uh, oh man! And yeah, these sort of events are getting very popular around the world. Um, and it's sort of on the same sort of level as people who like to do Ironman. And there's a lot of people yeah. who, who like to, to really push themselves, challenge themselves, punish themselves and get the reward at the end. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, and I know there's kind of those, they're an Ironman type thing, but you sign up for it. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know where it's going to be. Yeah. all this kind of thing and then you're given you're sent an email or something and you have three days this is where it's at this is where you have to start this is where you have to end yeah. and all this kind of thing and then you're given kind of instructions halfway through as to what else you need to do like yeah. that yeah it's definitely makes you think on your feet and uh, make you a very dynamic person yeah very cool very cool well um, how can people then best get in contact with you there James and find out what you guys are doing so, I mean, just have a look at our website, uh, African Spokes, uh, and also Savage Wilderness. Uh, and yeah, have a look at have a look at have a look at our websites and drop us an email, and uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, help you out. Yeah, very cool. Well, I, I've been since I've had just guys on the podcast and stuff. I've been um, trying to plan something to get out there. Right. Um, and meet up with you and stuff so um it may not happen it may not happen in 2019 but i'm hoping maybe 2020 i can sort something fantastic yeah we look forward to taking up so that will be that will be amazing but james listen thanks so much for coming on man um i really appreciate what you're doing out there in kenya i think it's great for you it's great for the local local economy it's great for mountain biking in general i think is brilliant so i hope everything goes well in the upcoming season and stuff and and everything runs smooth 
Well, yeah, thank you very much for, for having me. It's been uh, great to chat to you. And, uh, yeah, I hope, hope, uh, hope uh, it, it grows and develops in leaps and bounds. Yeah, I think so. I think we, what we need now is a company to send you out a wreck of suspension bikes, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that get, would be nice. Yeah, get sponsored by some of them guys, you know. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> all right james thanks so much bro have a good evening there and um, i will speak to you in the near future awesome thanks a lot cheers now that's a wrap for episode number 66 folks and i hope you enjoyed that little kenya episode there and um, there's certainly a lot happening out there and the guys are really doing the best they can off their own back so it's really impressive to listen to these guys chatting about what they're doing and getting on out there it really is impressive and we should take a page out of their book, that's for sure. Now, James, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate you coming on and sparing the time to chat with us. I know you were quite busy at that stage and stuff, and you're getting ready for that big um, tour with, with Simon and stuff. So thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Now, guys, if you want to know more about mountain biking in Kenya and you want to know a wee bit more about Savage Wilderness, anything like that, you can just go to the show notes, mtb-tribe.com. And you can find James's episode on there. You'll find out a wee bit more. You'll find some videos and links and stuff to what James is up to out there. Also, down at the bottom of James's show notes, you will find quick links to the other episodes from Kenya and from Uganda that was on the podcast previously. So just again, folks, thanks so much for being here. If you want to follow us on socials, please do so. We are at MTV Tribe on Facebook and at MTV Tribe on Instagram. If you want to get an email from the show once a week, just letting you know who's on the show and a wee synopsis of what we're going to be chatting about, you can subscribe to the podcast. Just simply go to mtb-tribe.com and fill in your details there and subscribe. You'll only get one email a week. I won't bombard you with silly stuff and promotions and everything else. So thanks again, folks, for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you got some information out of it and learned a wee bit more about what's happening in Kenya. It's always interesting to know what's happening elsewhere and instead of being caught up in their own wee bubble. So, folks, thanks so much again for listening, and I will speak to you next week on another episode of the MTV Tribe Podcast.